go. Hi, there ladies go. and gentlemen. Welcome to the Meta Show. Today is December the third, twenty twenty-two. I'm Brisker Ball. We have a lot of stuff show on a lot of stuff for the show today. But what you're watching right now on your screen is a big fight. The first major fight we have seen in New Eden <laughs> in years. It seems like, but I think it's only probably been about eight or nine months. We are in HTAC PA29 in Venal. The system has absolutely no redeeming values whatsoever. The fight is over absolutely nothing. What are we fighting over? That's well, that's strictly true. Uh, that there are that there are Fortizars involved in this fight. There are Fortizars coming through. There are Fortizars in this fight, but. They don't matter because this is a armor timer. Nothing's going to die today, except so far what we have seen has been a large number of fraternity capitals, including at least one super. So here is the state of the land right now. Boss Alliance, one of the uh, very venerable old alliance in the game, has been living in Venal, which is NPC space, uh, space in an area up in the north around the drone regions. It's surrounded by Pappy and unhappy Pappy space. Fraternity, Pandemic Corps, Pandemic Legion, NC Dot, our old friends in the Pappy Coalition from the last war. Despite the fact that the Imperium is still the Imperium, these guys have never gone away either, and they love to help each other. And so, in order to bully this small alliance that's living in NPC space, who has a Fortizar here, they called in everybody and their brothers to the point that we have over had over, at one point, almost 4,000 people fighting in this single system over this armor timer for a Fortizar. That does not really matter. And again, as usual, what we are seeing is a proxy war between the Imperium and everybody else in the game. Now, where does, where does it stand right now? The Imperium has a number of fleets on the grid. Asher is currently leading a fleet. Dark Shines is currently leading a fleet. I am on grid right now. You can see it. On the screen, that big blob in the center, the orange is the bad guys, the blue is the good guys. We have been killing faxes, force auxiliaries, for about the last hour and a half. We've killed at least 10, probably more of those, and we managed to kill at least one fraternity super. It looks like we are starting to see some of these guys try to escape. We're seeing warp outs on the screen. It's, uh, it's been an interesting fight. I am joined by the Push to Talk crew who are, st who are sticking around for a little while. If we get to the meta show proper, if this fight finally winds down, we will have, hopefully, Asher on as well as Angry Mustache and Kazanir. But in the meantime, you just have me and this lovely Eve tie-dye fight to watch. And the rest of us. And we the rest do, of uh, us. So. You know, very, very happy to be here with the, the meta show and the push overall gallery exactly so what i i, I can't I, i'm kind of surprised that to be honest i'm kind of surprised that the pappy guides have stuck around as long as they have they have a paladin fleet on grid they've got a zealot fleet they've got an eagle fleet but the imperium has been focusing almost all of our attention so far on the fraternity capitals, which were skynetting on to try to attack this Fortizar off of a hostile Fortizar. So we've been sitting on these guys for a while. And I think the last chat was saying 21 faxes, according to the to the battle report, still be still behind. This is a crazy amount of dead faxes. And I don't I can't remember the last time we had a fight, at least in the in the recent time period, where we have had this kind of of loss, especially for fraternity. What do you guys think? Is this what's the deal? 
Um, I think what's um, special about this one is that the forces that only had subcaps, that, that's us, by the way, um, forced the enemy to commit to either um, winning the objective or saving their capitals, right? Um, and that with only subcaps, because we don't have any caps in range, at least that I know of, um, because it's so far away from everything that we have that we, we can't really get them there in time, right? So with only subcaps, we threatened their capitals and super capitals enough that they had to decide if they either go for the objective or for saving their capitals. I... I'm, I'm going to jump in real quick and, and say that I was going to tag Sothersal in anyway, but this, this is a, a really serious point to make here, which is about the... When we talk about the hostiles, we're talking about the, the Panfam kind of scenario, but their win condition. Their win condition... We, we jumped into this saying that this is some random Fortisarin venal, who gives a shit? Um, but actually, if we commit a bunch of subcaps and can have uh, capital and super capital kills at the same time, we can actually create a, a bunch of kills that can't be replaced easily. So that win condition scenario of randomly turning up and saying hey we're gonna we're, we're gonna kill you know three to one in terms of the isk ratio that's a big part of this and yeah soft probably could have phrased it better but um hold on just check it does seem like the imperium sacrilege fleet is warping off of the hostile fort onto a perch towards the fortizar towards the friendly fortizar they might be going to come kill these vagabonds it is a very good trying. possibility trying at least but yeah uh, at the end of the day, you, you have to take a look at what your win condition is. Um, if your win condition is killing the Fortisar, then you kill the Fortisar and you're, you're great. If your win condition is, okay, we, we don't really care about the Fortisar, but we can kill a bunch of uh, super carriers that are difficult to replace overall, then that's a really solid move to make in the, the grander strategic movement of EVE Online. Some of you have been saying, oh my goodness, there's a lot of lock sounds in the background. That's right, because you are listening to live Eve music. If I have to listen to the lock sound while I'm locking random ships, you have to listen to it too. Again, we are in the midst of a major fight in HTAC PA29 in Venal. This is a proxy war fight between the Imperium and the forces of Pappy, Fraternity, Pandemic Horde, Pandemic Legion, and the crew. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of NC Dot guys out here today. Have you guys seen a lot of NC Dot guys? I haven't seen many. 
I, I'm actually like with an, I'm actually heading to the bar with an NC dot guy. Uh, yeah, they have a whole fleet out there. Today. It's like ninety nine oh, somethings in. Wow, I didn't see. It. Maybe. Well, that's it's, it's, the, it's the Onyx. It's the Onyx. It looks like check check it does look like another imperium fleet has warped to another perch off of the grid it looks like the eagle fleet has now extracted off of the fraternity fortizar onto a perch i wonder if this means we're going to go back to defending the fortizar now that we have successfully dragged out the majority of the pappy forces back onto their own fortizar I wonder if this means if if we really are going to get that big brain play of uh, uh, of dragging them along the grid in order to in order to save the fort. Well, here's the thing: we to you're talking about saving the fort. The fort doesn't matter. I don't care about the fort. Do you guys care about the fort? It's not our fort. It's boss's oh, fort. No, <laughs> so it's end, a fort literally the other side of the galaxy. This is just a MacGuffin in movie terms for us to build the plot around. And the plot is we've got a big fight between Fraternity, Pandemic Horde, Pandemic Legion, NC Dot. I see they have a jackdaw fleet out here. And I'm, I'm glad they brought the expensive ships. Horde is in Paladins, NC Dot is in jackdaws. I never would have thought that. Versus the rest of the Imperium and the boss guys. Now, granted, we don't particularly care one where the other one happens to this Fortizar. And I don't think boss really does either either, because in the end, this isn't their thing. You know, if they lose this Fortizar, they'll drop another one. It's not a big deal. It's NPC space. They can move to a, to a fort or to a structure that can't be attacked if they need to move their stuff. But they're using this as a content generator, and that's what we have seen today. And I think that's what I'm happy to see. It feels like we're finally getting some old-school-style EVE fights out of this war. You can see that we're seeing more, more capitals jumping out. You can see that on the screen right now. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering how many how of the fraternity supers are going to be left at this point. We've killed so many of their faxes. I think that these time these guys are all desperately trying to get out before they end up uh, as the way that hell greedy. Uh, the hell's name was greedy. And I thought that was funny. That's, so that's a, the that's a question now. There. There's a question in there, Risk, which is hmm. if you think that these people are bugging out as fast as they possibly can. Do you actually think that the the Fortizar that they were targeting is going to be reinforced overall? Um the, I mean, the Fortizar is still taking pressure, but overall, when you're seeing your super capital and your capital, you know, reinforcements move away, are you gonna see that just function? in the next hour and a half to two hours. Well, I mean, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. I don't think it really matters to them one way or the other. I think, sure, if they, they, they're at the point now where we have killed enough of their stuff that unless they kill our entire fleet, it looks like some of our guys are warping off right now. Uh, it, it looks like if, we, if, we don't, if they don't kill enough of our fleet to get the battle report even remotely close to even, which I don't think it's going to be even if we lose everything we've got on grid right now, they're going to have to have some way to spin that they won. So that's the point where I think then maybe at that point, the Fortizar getting rift is going to care. That's going to matter because then, then, you know, you've got, you've won your objective. We won the objective and we were here to ref a Fortizar. We ref a Fortizar. We did it. But I don't think anybody's here really thinks that the Fortizar is what matters. I mean, the reality is we're here because we're all here. 
That's what folks yeah. wanted. They wanted a fight. We have not had a major fight. And Dark Shines was mentioning this earlier to the Init guys. This is the first time we've had a major Imperium form up in months. I mean, I mean a, a long time since at least the Fire War, and that was six months ago. So getting everybody out and, and getting the yeah. dust knocked off has been helpful. This is still the sort of fight that, you know, when you look at it, it's 3,000 players. Uh, it's 3,000 characters and accounts. It's not the sort of thing that we saw mid-war. It's not the sort of thing that we've seen in a lot of years. It, Yeah, it, it is very much a... It, it's a fight that happened and we love the fact that it happened, but it's not as if it's significant in a lot of ways. It looks um, like the in that sorry, sense. Looks like uh, so it looks like the Imperium forces are repurching themselves yeah. uh sort of the, uh, above the all, the all of this blob here and it looks like they're burn. about so to come back the into the fight into the weeds the have got caught by camp possibly to kill another super no capital. I would be excited if it was another Things super happened. capital that we went and killed. Um especially with the sacrileges. I can't um, hear you, Brisk. It often makes more sense. Oh to to purge and warp down again than to maneuver yourself with your MWD because you are reliant on your cap, right? It could also be that um, they are positioning um, the hack fleets that, that purged off in a better way to put more pressure on the enemy subcaps. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Zoom call, which we will be using for the Meta Show com. So he can't hear Discord, and Discord can't hear him. But Angry Mustache, our boy Angry Mustache, has just joined us. How are you, sir? He's got to unmute himself first. Now you're not on camera yet, so don't worry. You don't have to worry about the camera. This went really well in terms of whether or not people on Discord can hear anything going on, Brisk. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if Angry can hear me now or not. So, yeah, you, um, you've got that transition down pat. Well, buddy. here's the problem: we have. I don't use Discord because Discord sucks. By the way, we use Zoom for the Meta Show audio, and I'm making sure that my boy Angry can hear what we're doing, as well as understand that you guys are live as well. So, at some point, we will switch off from Discord. We will go full on to. Uh, to Zoom and we will do our regular show because it looks like you know, at this point this fight could go on for a while and if it does hey what's wrong with that we like we like fights that go on for it, a while. It, 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 it's basically kind of drawn to a conclusion at this point the, the the fight that's going on is largely resolved right now it that that's not really a, a situation where anyone wins in that fight it's gonna be fun it's gonna be interesting to kind of take a look and see uh, what 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 ships die and what ships are still alive but by and large it seems like the, yeah people will still like be alive so the hell kill mail finally came in with the top damage coming from Coming from a brave Hikate who was probably shooting the thing for fucking ages. 
That is amazing. That is amazing. It had an oh, the, the, the little Hikate that could. The fucking hell had three abyssal DDAs on it in its low slots. On Z Kill, it's currently valued at thirty billion, which I'm sure it's worth a lot more than that. In all in all honesty, as far as recuperating that build cost there, but it had. It, it had a couple abyssal modules that were probably incredibly expensive considering those mutaplasmids alone are almost an extra billion or two. Here is on oh. the screen, Greed Super, who is dead, 29.8 billion-isk hell that went bye-bye in it, this fight rumored, so Not It's too rumored bad. to be uh, Noros uh, old. If it is, I would laugh. But then again, aren't all of them Noros outs, alts, yeah, and fraternity? Kind of. I mean, come on. Not too bad. And again, top damage. Yeko Hatake, Brave Empire, 26,000 damage in a Hecate. I am proud of him. That is what I like to see. Good job. And that that officially puts the battle report at almost 150 billion in losses for the Panda Fam side. Now, obviously, the Panda Fam guys are going to say already replaced because that's what we say in Eve Online. But do you really think these guys are that interested in losing a hundred billion esque worth of ships or more? For refing a Fortizar that nobody really cares about. That's a question for the group. <laughs> I mean, they're not even they're not even getting capital kills. Yes, with the yes, with I think they are. I think form. they are deeply invested. I think this is exactly what they wanted. Exactly. Uh, I, I think uh, the Paladin pilots are also having uh, a great lot of uh, of fun right now, not being able to track anything being tracking disrupted both by the storm and all of our crucifiers. Let alone those paladins must not be having fun in general with the long lock times, the uh, slow movement. They're probably sitting there bored out of their fucking minds in this tie-dye. I just managed to get a lock on that basilisk and it melted. Unfortunately, I did not get to shoot my guns, uh, but you know, that is unfortunately something that happens in these 10% tie-dye fights. Now, I will tell you this. I know this is probably going to be unpopular with a lot of you people. It's probably going to be unpopular with the folks that are in the commentary chat, but I will tell you this. I like these fights. I I know we, we love to say, oh, 10% tie-dye, tie oh, this is the worst. This is horrible. I can't stand it. It's, oh, why are we doing this to ourselves? But I will tell you. Getting to spend a Saturday afternoon hanging out with 3,700 of my best friends and the best enemies money can buy, shooting them, getting back in another 10% fight that reminds me of all the fun fights we had during the Great War, and there were so many of them. Even M2 and the other fights, you can say what you like about, oh, these tie-dye fests are awful, they're not that much fun, but you know what? I quite enjoy this because this means a lot of people are hanging out together on a weekend playing EVE Online together. And that's good for the game, and it's good for morale, and it's good for me. And I think right now we've got twenty, almost 28,000 people uh, concurrently playing EVE, which is great. We don't see that very often, I have to say. I'm rather impressed with it. 10% tie-dye fights are either the best thing or the worst thing. And even when they're the worst thing, they're a hell of a lot of yeah. fun in retrospect. 
Hold on. Yeah, I just it, it, the, the end retrospect comment is really the thing. No, I like, just gotta some say of, some of them are even are even a hell of a lot of fun when they're going on. Wait, we, we we depending on person, they're absolutely incredible fun when they're going on. But if you're just kind of doing the I was there, even the I was there is an incredible amount of fun, right? Like oh yeah. I do appreciate Prince, the uh, the gentleman in the chat who's asking if I undock while we are sitting here watching me shoot things live on the stream. I'm just saying. I was. I'm gonna <laughs> say brisk. I am going to agree with some of the people in chat. Why aren't you using your F2 tracking disrupt that paladin? <laughs> I know. I that's what I did. I was trying to hit it, but I hit the wrong button, and now I'm stuck, waiting I'm, for this I'm thing to to reload but i gotta get on this basilisk kill next there's a there's a really simple answer to that and the answer is tie-dye oh i mean that's the, that's the general problem like when you are stuck like, in tie-dye things do not work the way they're supposed to and that's unfortunate but it's reality brisk here is clicking his f2 button and his f2 button will start to work after two minutes and then if he clicks the F2 button to stop it working, that's going to work after, like, five minutes. And there's so many different situations overall, right? Well, like, well I mean, he, he could actually, like, activate his tracking disruptor on the Paladin he had locked up for, like, how long yeah, ago? Yeah, for a while. I, that was my bad. <laughs> that was my bad. Uh, yes, I did get on the Hellkill, Wilhelm. So, yes, I was on there. Um You'll see our little fleet in Zealots down at the bottom. But I got on him and smacked him for a little while, which was nice. So, In fact, I was shooting at the hell while I went in and got ready for, for to get prepped for the show. Very exciting. The, uh, the, the fact that Seema has jumped into Twitch chat and um, helped you out here, Brisk. Now Seems. I am tracking disrupting the Basilisk instead of the Paladin because that's what also happens in these tie-dye fights because... We needed that to happen. We really needed to to target disrupt a basilisk. Let me see if I can well, fix that. At least you got on the kill now. Huh? That is true. Because we all know that's the most important part uh, of any tempest to tie that fight. That's Actually correct. getting on at least one kill. <laughs> correct. You must whore on every kill. Never not whore. That is the rule in all of these big fights. Right. What is this whoring you guys talk about? I wouldn't know what that, that is. That's the problem, Miss Lodgy. You don't get to know. I can, all I can the bring fun DPS stuff. drones. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is it is time for me to head out. Me and a couple of e folks are heading to a local bar. So I wish you guys a farewell. Keep shooting. Keep up the good fight. And never not use your whore guns and whore drones. Uh, already taken over, so this isn't actually an issue, but here we go. Yeah. Enjoy your night out, Mifune, and uh, drink responsibly. No, never. Ladies um, and gentlemen, you are watching continuing INN coverage of the first big fight we've had here in forever. It's so exciting. We are fighting in HTAC PA29 in Venal. The reason? Because we felt like it. This is a fight over a boss Fortazar that is uh, on the armor timer. Uh, we do not expect that this thing will 
maintain its armor, but who knows? But in the end, what's happened is the Imperium has managed to kill a significantly large number of fraternity supers and faxes. At least one super, multiple faxes, more than 20 now um, by last count. The battle report is slowly updating. Uh, and so far, we're having a good time. We are going to get started here, probably in the meta show in about the next four minutes. I'm going to bring Angry Mustache in. I will be saying goodbye to our friends from Push to Talk, and we're going to have a nice chat while we watch the uh, while we watch the stream and uh, watch while we watch the fight. And I'm going to do my best to follow Shines and do what he tells me, uh, even though I can't hear him, because that's what we do here, and we're going to make it happen. So. Ladies and gentlemen, continue watching. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we switch it over to Metashow comms? Thanks um, for joining us. Yeah, simply, hey, uh, we love the fact that we've been able to do this, and um, we'll look forward to the next time. Push to Talk goes live whenever Push to Talk goes live, and um, we have fun whenever we do it, so keep joining us. Push to talk commentators, truly an invasive species. Yes. <laughs> Chris, thanks for everything. You have a great show. True. We'll see everybody next. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, see, see, we'll, we'll see everyone next week. Thank you very much. Have a good night. All right. We have just said goodbye to our friends. Let me bring Angry in here. Hi, Angry. How are you? Can you hear me? I hope you can hear me. You might be able to hear me. All right. There is Angry. Where is Angry at? Oh, there he is. Hi, Angry. How are you, sir? He's here. I don't know if he can hear anything. You might not be able to hear anything. He's checking his audio. All right, while Angry stares at the screen, we will continue chatting here. We are watching continuing coverage of the fight in HTACP. So far, we are in the process of seeing a lot of bad guy ships go boom, which is what we like to see in EVE. It is. Saturday, December the 3rd, 2023, 22. We haven't got, we haven't hit 2023 yet. That's in a month. But in the meantime, we're looking to have uh, Asher as well as Angry and Kazanir on the show today. We don't know whether it's going to happen or not because, as you can see, we are in the midst of a big fight. Big fights mean FCs and important people are in comms and doing things together. And that, that, that means they're not here goofing off and hanging out with us. But that does not mean that we're not going to have a good show because we got a lot of stuff to cover today. I wanted to talk about, in addition to this fight in Venal, I want to talk about uh, a number of the other things that have been going on. And we've, we've seen some major changes across NullSec. We've seen Red Menace Coalition has fall, fallen apart. We've seen Red Alliance decide to turn itself into a faction warfare group, uh, just like Test Alliance did. Uh, for those who asked, what, was Text next? We didn't have to. We didn't have to go after Test next. They nexted themselves which was kind of funny. And I think it was pretty interesting that the group fell apart and now they are in faction warfare space. That seems to be the retirement area for all big NullSec alliances that want to take a break. They go off and they do stuff in faction warfare, and that is what we have seen so far today. Now, 
Yes, Guppy, this is the thing. One of the things we wanted to talk about, go over, and I wanted to talk about this because we're nearing the end of 2022. 2022 has been a reset year. It has been what we would have called in the base, in a baseball terminology or a football terminology, we would have called this a rebuilding year. Everybody took some time off. Everybody decided that they did not want to spend a lot of time doing the things that they had been doing before, which was mainly sitting in space and not doing much. So what they have decided to do was take a break, rebuild wallets, consolidate groups, do internal work, try to do all the types of things that alliances need to make themselves ready for the next fight, and take advantage of a bunch of the game changes that CCP put through that are making it possible for groups to start making money again, not the least of which was the DBS change that we saw a few months ago that put ratting bounties back to where they were before they decided to put in this dynamic bounty system that really did not achieve the goals that they were trying to make it achieve, which those goals included making big groups move around. Did big groups move around? No, they did not. In fact, it kind of was a thing where most of them stagnated and stayed where they were. The only big group that moved was test leaving out or passage and going to faction warfare. Other than that, most of the other big groups stayed where they were. Imperium is still based in Delve and Fountain. The Pappy folks are still based uh, in the drone regions. Fraternity, as part of Pappy, although they are Winterco, is still based in the north. And the southern, uh, the south, uh, eastern part of the map is still Fire Coalition. So most of these groups did not move based on the changes that CCP wanted to put through to make them move. But what it did do was it did disrupt NullSec income generation for quite a while. And the result was a lot of people got mad and quit the game. They have been working to change that and bring folks back. But in the meantime, we've all still been here trying to do what we can do to keep the game going. Angry, can you hear me? If you can hear me angry, wave your hand. He can't. But Kazanir's here, so let me get Kazanir in. We will bring our, our boy Kaz in. Let me get the cameras reframed for Kaz and see if we can get um, everything set up here. In the meantime, Kaz, can you hear me? Okay. Now you can hear me. Where you now I can hear you. How about you talk you to folks for a little bit while I get the camera set up? Because Angry down. doesn't seem capable of hearing me right now. Mm -hmm. So say hi. We're on. Are we're we live on? already. So oh, go hey. ahead. We are hi, live. Everybody. We are Holy continuing crap. coverage. Guess... <laughs> All right. Well, that, I was not prepared for that. Let me uh, open Twitch so I can see chat and so on and so forth. Excuse me, folks. I was just finishing eating a candy bar and keeping up my anchor on this fleet where we've just changed locations. Never never follow an Asher Elias to a fourth or a fifth location. Is that a joke? Anyway, hi, everybody. Hi, what do we got today, Brisk? Kaz, I mean, Kaz, right now, like, like I've been telling this to the folks on the stream, we are in the process of watching this big fight in Venal that ha really has... No reason to even be a thing. I don't know why it's a thing. So I don't know if you guys got a lot of reasons to be a thing. We're all itchy. <laughs> That's and, exactly and, and what it is. Over everyone just nutted their desire to there play. There he is. Hi, angry. We've been waiting for you. You're well, here. Um, oh yeah, I, I didn't realize my stupid headphone had two channels, and I was listening on the wrong one. Mm, there see, you I just, go. This is I brought a guardian to this fleet. Right, got to keep up the no kill board mythology. First of all. But also, I'm now I'm anchored. My cap chain is up. We brought 35 guardians. It's not like I've been doing a lot, right? 
So anyway, so I'm not surprised you've been broadcasting all day, Briss. That's great. Um, I don't know. I saw a lot of large orange things. It seemed like an exciting time. Why shouldn't this fight exist? No, honestly, I mean, I know the, the expansion is now nearly a month old, right? But I played three AAA video games through to completion that are not EVE Online during the month of November to, to gain, like, mythological powers, right? Magic comes in threes. That's on one of those old shows. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. So I delight in hearing all the EVE Online news. I, I think of myself as more of a color commentator for the this episode of the meta show than knowing anything. Right. And and it's nice that we're finally getting to have you know, some fights again. Yeah. We're finally I getting mean, these right, fights exactly. again, which is pretty uh, cool. Yeah. A fight where a super carrier dies that ultimately was yeah. over a fort hey, in um, NPC Nelsec. That the, warms my heart. Uh you're joining broke our uh thing. Broke the uh No, it's fine. Screen. I'm working on it okay. now, so give me a second. Mm -hmm. Here, yeah, I'll, I'll no, let you guys our, you guys can watch live as I get this stuff set up. <laughs> the viewers you can are, see the behind viewers, the scenes of the meta show while we're doing it. So Right. The viewers I, I saw over on Twitch, they briefly had a view of Angry's chin and the dip, the detritus behind me on the there wall you go. of my office. Gotta love it. I didn't realize I was just talking and not even on the screen. This is amazing. Well, you're going to be on the screen in a second. I just got to get your camera ready. So we're going no, to window it's, capture. It's, Here we go. I, I even made sure to fix my disastrous hair sometime in between anchoring and uh, doing cap chain. Right. That's not it. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where are you guys at? There it is. There is the meeting. I've been crapping on Photon UI a lot because um, I was uh, uncertain about it, but then it turns out it has a very great function with that the UI actually scales. So if you, my screens are on different resolutions, going one's fourteen, one's four K, the other one's fourteen forty. If I move a window between them, the the overview stays appropriately sized. That's actually really nice. Not really? Yeah. I did not experience it that way when I <laughs> when I resized mine, but I I don't know. No comment. I went, I, went, like, I mean, I reduced mine by like a factor of four, right? And that it didn't like that at all. I mean, it looks like here we're seeing some more caps jumping out, which makes me think that, you know what? Um, the fraternity guys aren't happy right now. They, they have to, if you're, imagine right now you are a fraternity guy. You thought this was going to be a slam dunk, not a big deal. You bring your super, you bring your faxes, and all of a sudden, the Imperium just decides to land right on top of you and start shooting your stuff. <clears throat> yeah, it was really I mean, funny in the beginning of this fight when you would see all the fighters flying back towards this Fortazar because these guys were trying to get their fighters back so that they could either defend themselves or they could tether up, but they couldn't until they brought their fighters in and they had de-aggressed, and I thought that was kind of amusing. And in the meantime... We were grabbing as many hicks as we possibly could and hick pointing as many of these supers as we could to stop them from being able to de-aggress and jump out or de-aggress and tether on the fort. And the result was at least one of them died, which was nice. So. Yeah. So let me, I mean, let me bring a little context to this. I was there, I guess, kind of early, right? And I was there when I saw, I keep in mind, I, I as, as the mythology has it, I'm mostly a jump creator pilot, don't see all these things all that often, but I saw the super carriers send the fighters over to the 
the blob to sit on the paladin blob, right? As if the paladin blob was going to be our target and they wanted some like local defense from a thousand hacks or what have you. So the fact that 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 they then quickly pulled back as they saw what was really going to happen was just kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, it is funny how how this how how this seems to have gone, right? I guess I would have preferred paladin kill mills myself, but uh, it is what it is. Um, it, it's just, uh, <clears throat> awkward, <laughs> I guess. That is what it is. So Raven asks, Bruce, do you think the greater trash coalition will be natural for world war neutral for world war B three or will align with the Imperium? I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. I think first of all, one, we have to see if anybody actually wants to have another one of these big wars. I do. I'm hoping that the horde guys do. I think this, this fight here today is evidence that, you know, we are in the process of seeing folks get ready. They are, we are in the mood. There's no other reason why this fight would have happened the way that it did if we were not in the mood ready to go uh, to have one of these big fights. And it looks like we're seeing more of the capitals warping and, and jumping out of system. Uh, there were 3,700 so, yeah, people I mean, here. There are now right, well, 3,300 or so, but well a lot of these caps are 10. leaving, so... Well over 10% of the logged-in player base was the quote I saw, which is all of a sudden substantially larger than it has been yeah. uh, for a number of months, which is great to see. So that is uh, exciting. What ultimately the fight means, I'm not sure I have an opinion yet. We're gonna, it is interesting how, how things are playing out um, as suddenly a lot more people are playing and are, are, are itching to, to blow some things up, right? So on your screen right now, you are watching the the fraternity capitals that were on this Fortazar. They are in the process of jumping out. The folks in blue, in light blue, are our friends over here from uh, Boss and the other uh, folks that live in this area that are here to defend the fight. The dark blues are our friends from Goons. The purples are the Init, at least the Init Zealot fleet that I am currently sitting in. The <laughs> oranges and the grays are all the bad guys. Those are the Pandemic Horde group. The They are the NC Dot group. They are the PL group. They are the fraternity group. Fraternity is in gray. And the horde and the rest of the other pappies are in orange on the screen. That's what you're looking at right now. As you can see, we're starting to see those those diagonal flashes that you see are the symbols of these capitals jumping out of the system. They are deaggressing and getting out. We are in the process of killing uh, a lot of these hicks that are here. That one of the one of the there was a whole fleet of onyxes. Uh, from Pandemic Horde that was on grid as well, and we've been in the process of trying to clear those out as we can. So how did this? How did the progression of the fight go for you in initiative? Was it pretty similar? You came over with everyone to the to the uh, fraternity, Fortazar. Yeah. So what we did was we we started forming up about four hours ago. Uh, we had a, a a large beta. The beta is is this is the third highest uh, priority fleet that we do. Uh, it was a beta max, so we want to get as many people as we could. We filled almost two full fleets, one full fleet of hacks and another fleet uh, that was hacks and everything else. You're baiting me into starting making fun of our, our valued allies, Chris. Sorry, yeah. continue. Isn't I think beta max do a, good a, job. Uh, a VHS thing or something, like a tape drive? It was called a beta max. That, that was <laughs> a beta max. Exactly. How are you that was the old enough to know that that existed? That was the that was the pre that, that was the fight. There was the big fight between which one was going to become the main adopted one, VHS or Betamax. They went with VHS. 
That's the one that won the, the tape wars of the early 80s uh, when I was a kid. But we called it Betamax. We had about three, I think we had three fleets, two full, and then one of, of extra folks. We then made the long trek from all the way from Fountain to up to Venal. And I mean, it was made possible, it made it a little bit better. We had access to jump gates to get us through there so we can get up there a little bit faster. But it was a 30-some round jump, you know, trip to get to to Venal uh, from here. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll pull up on the screen. You guys can see how, where, where we're going. Um, um, well, hold on a second. Let me pull it up and see if it'll give me the, the distance. But I mean, it takes a long time to get from our space to the space up here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it was, that was a pain in the butt. Yeah, I think we we probably I was I I was forming at exactly the same time you guys were. I think we maybe started just a tad earlier, and I was late, right, buying a, a guardian at the last possible moment off contracts. Uh, but I was given to to think to myself, you know, there's always there's a lot of talk about how over OP Ansiplexes are supposedly. And so for, and then I was sitting there thinking as I spent a lot of time in time, time dilation and ultimately two and a half to three hours in travel or whatever, what have you, um, that maybe, <laughs> I don't know, maybe these things balance out in practice. Uh, you know, it was just an interesting thought as we, you know, because it, I don't know, it would have probably taken similar time without just doing all the gate jumps, but without anything interfering like that, right? Uh, and waiting on people and all of this stuff. So it just is always interesting to me how Eve, we talk about how it's good that Eve is a difficult game, right? But there's just so much tedium that comes with that just automatically, right? Um, it's it's worth keeping in mind when we think of, talk about these mechanics. Yeah. Just, but, but, on, uh, on the thing I find interesting is that uh, what this tedium also does is it adds a lot of friction to anything you want to do in Eve. And Sort of way, in a sort of way that makes it more real because uh, no plan survives contact with the enemy, and that's a thing that's true right. in Eve and not true in a lot of other things. Like for for example, you two moved up here pretty, uh, pretty uh, you know smoothly. I moved up here with some trouble because I was in a reinforcement fleet. Because when we got <laughs> to our point, uh, the FC ordered a free burn without realizing it was a bifurcated uh, free burn. Uh, there were two possible routes to the destination oh, that are wow. same length. So half the fleet went through uh, Cloud Rain. The other half fleet went through Galente Losa to Villarier and died there because that's where Galmil lives. That. And... <laughs> okay, all right. That is, all right. I guess that'll be topical, right? That's that's the new thing, right? We're, we're with the Zeitgeist. I'm glad that we whelped those guys, though. That seems like a very, very appropriate. But this is the sort of like friction that happens only in Eve because things are right, yeah. detailed and tedious right. and... Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. And certainly I'm not saying we should get rid of travel. I think travel like this is one of the prime opportunities for sandbox content, right? But it it was, like I said, in the context of thinking, well, people always say Atsuplexes are so OP. Well, we're saving a lot of time moving many hundreds of people to get to do something interesting here. It's just, it's worth thinking about all the context all the time, so... I have to say, uh, I'm looking and laughing right now. It, this fort appears to be repairing almost. It's almost done. It's got about a minute left but until it repairs. If that happens, I mean, that's just, that would be uh, icing on the cake of this fight. And What's great I, about being a neutral third party is you can quickly pick whether you want to say, we, you know, we, we merch all of these capitals. 
or we got on all of these paladin kill mails, or, ah, well, we saved the strategic objective, and it looks like we're going to go with door number three, right? So that's very exciting. I, I like that. And official, it's official. The fort has repaired. I cannot believe it. I'm half a laugh. This is quite amusing to me. And I'm really wondering what the Pappy guys are going to say. I guess they're going to say, hey, we got a fight. Hey, it was a good fight, guys. Already, we got a fight. I'm, a little bird told me they've already been saying quite a lot. <laughs> what have they been saying? Can you share with the class I, 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 I what mean, the bad kids wanna, have been I saying? I wouldn't want to leak anything. I, I oh, can hardly keep track of, of where I, I mean, I, I've been reading certain public channels too. We'll get to that. But there's all sorts of the usual nonsense about, oh, who's getting blobbed and, oh, they set the entire Imperium blue and ah, this and all that. And I, I mean, like I said, we didn't have to choose a narrative. This isn't our war. We get to pick after the fact, and we're going to end up with door number three. We, we saved the strategic objective and, and protected the universe from the encroachment of, of the bad guys who just want to take all of your space and then rent it out to somebody later, right? So <clears throat> I didn't decide until you said the fort had repaired that that would be the line, but that's the line now. Those are the talking points. So, I mean, at the, at the bottom line, as far as I'm concerned, is... The Pappy guys have got to be smarting right now. They brought a huge number of people. I'm sure we were outnumbered. I'm not sure what the battle report is saying, but I'm guessing that we were outnumbered. Uh, we're all still here. I see our fleet is still here. And I can't say that I know what's going on, to be clear. I have do I had to close mumble. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's fine. Angered. I mean, I, can't, I, I, I have it muted too because right. despite the fact that I have this beacon thing that's supposed to let me have channels that I can hear in my ear that the, the stream can't hear, I haven't figured out how to make that work yet. That uh, doesn't seem to work right. So I don't want to, I don't want to be broadcasting comms while we're doing the show. But what I will say is they have managed to not only lose the objective, but lose the ISK war and lose it in such a big way with actual capital losses and super losses that are very difficult to replace in the current meta that I'm going to have to, I'm going to wonder, like this is one of these situations. We see this a lot from the Pappy guys. They get very upset when they lose battle reports. They do care about the ISK war. They do care about replacing losses because it's difficult. And I really wonder what they're going to say. I mean, why they're probably going to say something like, "Why the hell do we even do this? What was the point? This, the, who gives a shit about a about a boss fort in venal and NPC space where they can just go off and, and move to the station if they want to?" Well, I mean, I'm kind of surprised that they even took this fight. And that's why it's so interesting that Fraternity ended up taking the heavy losses to me personally. I grew up fighting PL. I'd always be happier to have a, a kill mail from Horde, right? Especially with Paladin, and I think that drove a lot of this. In fact. These guys have been driving this giant paladin fleet around every space that they can find to put it through mm -hmm. and doing whatever they want with it against people who maybe can't do quite as much. It becomes a very, very, very inviting target. So inviting that people will spend a number of hours moving themselves up all the way across the sector and taking a couple of Titan bridges just to get a shot. Right, And then once you're on the grid and the carriers are putting the fighters over to defend the Paladins, it, it, you just, well, you have a better warp into the carriers or whatever the heck it was. And so a, a bunch of, of faxes and a super carrier end up dying instead. But <clears throat> the, the things all hang together, I guess. So, but yeah, it's interesting that for, that most of the kill board, I think, will end up being fraternity uh, when, when all is said and done. And that I think is, is is likely. And I wonder, you know, what they seem to think about this. I mean, this this kind of was more of 
this has yeah. been this has been fraternity's thing. They it's not enough that they control uh, almost a dozen regions. You know, they have they have to keep pushing folks around, even well, even I, going in NPC to space to push them around. Is it really twelve? I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, Let me look it's it up. the other way around. Fraternity has four, and then Panfam has nine. Panfam has nine. All right. So uh, between okay, all these pappy guys, they have about a dozen plus regions. Yet they still feel the need. You've got you've got fire. They've got like seven. To bully, yeah. Well, I guess with if you add the fire to the pappies, and yeah, we're talking almost twenty regions that they control 20 almost 24 regions i guess and yet they still feel the need to bully small groups like boss alliance in venal i don't understand it i really i really just don't get why they can't handle these guys having a structure that they can stage out of it's not going to hurt anything it, yeah maybe it'll make their 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 crabbing folks have to stay on their toes a little bit but i mean if you yeah. look at where if you look at the system, I mean, I'll pull this up. You guys can I see assumed, now. I assume. Well, I don't know because well, I've been. There's a thing though. Just just last month, uh, CCPS put in the MER the number of amount of LP printed per region, and Venal prints the most LP out of any region in the game at 1.7 billion, I think. Surprising so, exactly no one. Right? Yeah, but yeah. HTAC PA is one of the uh, burner hubs, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. So, no, Venal has. This is, economically important yeah if you can control it yeah i think if every if everyone doesn't know i think Venal's always had the best burners in the game right uh, compared to all the other there there it's not like Venal and curse are, are, are two of the best yeah. uh, of the mm -hmm. systems yes but i mean the, the so so if they want to control i mean making money i mean that's one thing I, but, I assumed that this was connected to the larger blob war, right? That this was, they were trying to retaliate and this was close to their space, right? Venal is much closer to, to fraternity and, and this than the space that, that previously FRT had been trying to conquer and that this is, oh, we're going to, you know, flex our muscle, which makes sense. That's fun to do, right? And well, whoops, you, you can pay for that, right? So. I mean, I want, when it comes down to, the, you know, these, these, these big tie dye fest type fights. And I said this before on the stream and I'll say it again. I, you know, this, this reminds me of the good old days. I'm not going to lie. I, I do appreciate these kinds of fights. They make me nostalgic for the, the days of the, you know, the big war of the Vietnam war, where we got to see fights like this happen on a relatively regular basis. It was not yeah. something that you, you know, you didn't see all the time, which was nice. Yeah. And uh, I kind of miss it. This is, this has been a, a little bit of a nostalgia fest for me. Not going to lie. Well, and and those are fun, but people spend a lot of money on that. That it is not nearly as easy to get these days, right? That was sort of several years of largesse all saved up and then, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> expended in a relatively short time frame. So I think it, what, yeah, it is when you talk about things being difficult to replace, right? Of course, this is an important part of Eve Online that that who is able to build and produce safely and able to, to mine the game's economy and create more at, at every level is an important part of attrition, both within and without of a war, right? But at the same time, I think we can get to a place where it's much easier than it is now at a, both individual and not even necessarily individual. Some of those things are getting fixed, but at the organizational level, easier to maintain the juice that keeps these type of fights flowing, right? And keeps it easier for any individual person involved, maybe to be doing one or two jobs instead of two or three, 
right? Uh, and that, that keeps it easier for you to pay for people to be there for, to get them into ships, right? This is something that, that a lot of alliances are doing, right? Anything that Eve can do mechanically to, to stoke that while not letting it get out of control, so to speak, like this, which is, you know, an ever-present, the Rorqual area is ever-present in everyone's minds, right? I think it's definitely possible to make a lot of progress on that and start to see a lot more of this uh, in various ways, so. 100%. Now, what's been going on, Eve, politically over the last week or so? I wanted to cover a couple of different things, and I think this is important. The first thing, and we did, we failed to mention this last week on the show, but I wanted to at least say welcome aboard to our friends in Shadow. The Shadow Ultimatum has joined the Imperium. They are the newest group to join the Imperium. Uh, they are folks that live right now up in the Clown Ring area. And I expect that they're going to be fighting the Severance and the Seven Sanctum guys. Well, not Severance, the Seven Sanctum guys and everybody's up there. So we're welcome. We're happy to have Shadow Ultimatum with us. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they do. Uh, Kaz, tell us a little bit about that. How did that go? How did that happen? How did that come into play? You know, as I understand it, their friends are uh, pretty good with initiative. And beyond that, I know very little, right? Uh, my attitude about this is we are always happy to have friends. Uh, I was just referencing the sort of eternal war. We see one aspect of it here with this today, right? Um, we're, we're always happy to, to have new people look at the Imperium and say, hey, these guys are cool. We want to do things their way, right? Um, there are a number of aspects to that, right? Uh, we try and uh, not have <clears throat> really too many jackasses in the Alliance, uh, among other things, right? We don't rent. We play EVE in a certain way uh, and try to actually give people within any given alliance in the Imperium a great deal of freedom, right? Uh, I think it might not be clear to many of our listeners if you've been in the Imperium a long time and haven't lived a long time in a different NELSEC alliance, but many of these places you can't go out and do as much in the same type of way. Um, you, it, it's not a free market, right? You can't go out and just be a producer yourself. Um, that, this varies a lot. Uh, this is a sort of competitive terrain, but... Um, the Imperium does really well at this. So we, we're always happy to have friends, right? And always happy to have people sign up and say, hey, I want to investigate this, right? It's the sad view. It almost, I don't want to, this is, is not meant in a derogatory way, right? I try and take the same attitude about it as I take with, let's say, program joining, right? It To me, I look at the program thing as him saying, hey, I, I've, I've sized things up in the aftermath of the war, and I've decided that maybe I want the next war to happen and me to be on this side, right? And it's the same thing with some group joining the Imperium now. They've sized up how things are going. They want a shot at, at, at doing things our way, and that's sort of signing up for, well, what's going to happen next? And I don't know what that'll be, but I'm always happy to have new friends, right? I was around from, you know, the time when Goon Swarm was very small and crashing on the couches of friends to having to, you know, become independent after the fall of the original Northern Coalition about a year later, right? Uh, to, to building up to what became the CFC and later the Imperium, right? So uh, I think any any stage where we are gaining a friend <laughs> instead of losing one, I think that that's positive. So I'm excited to see what emerges from that. Angry, we had a gentleman in the chat had asked, can somebody explain to him where minerals are currently coming from? He resubbed a week ago and hasn't seen a single non-moon miner. 
Would you like to tackle oh, that question? Uh, while depends we're on where you are. If your answer, if the answer is you are in null sec, there's nothing worthwhile to mine that's not moons. Uh, if you're in high sec, there's the low ends, but the hottest mining right now is in Pockvin and low sec because they supply the current mineral bottlenecks. Which are? Uh, in in order, uh, uh, Isogen, then Noxium, then Pyrite. Which has not been a lot of fun. The fact that three of the most important minerals for building ships are gate locked behind Losec, where you have two things that come together to make it very difficult to mine there. Number one is no one wants to live in Losec who mines. The miners all want to either be in null or high sec. And two, if you get more than four people in one place, snuffed out will drop dreads on you. So it does not facilitate a big mining empire. No, no, but at the same time, that is, if you ask CCP, that is exactly what they want to happen because it is a fundamentally more risky area and there, there are metrics to support that. That is an accurate statement that LOSEC and Pockman are more dangerous, are the two most dangerous sectors of space by terms of player hour and things dead. But what they haven't realized is they haven't changed mining, the paradigm of mining to support uh, doing it in that dangerous environment. Because if you go in with what people generally mine with, uh, you don't have the throughput to actually supply Isogen and Noxium for all of EVE. And right, that's something yeah. that we need to address. Yeah, I think the the difficulty, I mean, we could get more into this. We didn't plan the show for this, right? But um, the what they've tried to do with the minerals is they've tried to establish sort of regionalized bottlenecks on some of them, and that works, right? The bottleneck in EVE's economy is a classical part of how it's worked. That's not illegitimate, right? Um, what what should be happening is you should have certain pieces of a portion of the economy bottlenecked on a static amount of resources that people have to go after, right? One of the difficulties with Rourke Walls is that you could just keep respawning grab anomalies over and over on every single mineral at once, essentially, and, and just break things down to the insurance floor. With the bottleneck in place, you can you can have value attached to this, but the problem is that LOSEC both, both doesn't allow you to scale at all, and the paradigm is not adapted like Angry say. There's no way to to go in with a mining fleet that has sort of you know protection from the kind of snuff dreadnoughts. It's the, the game is just not balanced around that, right? What they should be exploring is not a sort of regionalized thing necessarily, but the idea that what if you're doing mining in a either someplace that's more difficult to access that doesn't repop like a belt, right? Or it's in a more dangerous area like Losec or Pockman that you should be getting access to ore that is quicker to mine, it's denser, right? You are putting out more ISK per hour just because you're gathering more. Not, not that it is, you know, you can't get this ore anywhere else. It's just that it's not as profitable for you to do it if you're doing it in a place that is safer or that's easier to access, right? So this is something that there's a, a big design field that they, I think, could get to, uh, but they don't necessarily need to do that all at once, I don't feel like. But so I, I I see these problems, right? And they could be fixing some of them a different way at the same time. Like Angry saying, they have they had some type of point in doing that, uh, which is not entirely, I, I mean, I get it, right? Bottlenecks are part of Eve's economy. They always have been. But what do you think about, I mean, the whole idea of putting mining in LOSEC? I mean, LOSEC has enough of the, some of the most lucrative of all of the S-making 
possibilities in the game. You've got level five missions, you've got burners, you've got a bunch of stuff that they've added. You've got the key sites for for all of the ESS uh, reserve banks. They're all in low sec. There's a ton of ways to make money in low sec. Yeah. Why I mean, put mining there? <laughs> that I mean, I think my big take on this, I think, is that what if they they've consistently tried to do this with low sec. They've tried to add some relatively valuable thing, and fairly end game content ends up being there, right? But because you can't build or really protect infrastructure there, it ends up only being suited for the people who are already very veteran EVE players who are comfortable living on their own, who have their own income streams. They know how to go out and make money on their own anywhere, right? That's why you get people like Snuffed who are, are dominant there because you can't, it, it's harder to take care of a new group. And the groups who live there, I, I mean, many of them have told me they don't have time to take care of a newbie. It doesn't It doesn't work that way, right? Well, uh, that may be the paradigm in the past, but you may notice that uh, they just revore factional warfare. So right. that was so that is we're gonna see that is the that plan, goes. but I would think that um, it's sort of a cart before horse is that if they did faction warfare first and then made low sec where the valuable resources are, that would be better received because now there would actually be people in low sec to do the thing. I mean, I, I don't object True. to the the people winning faction warfare having access to good resources, right? I think that that makes no. A as in sense. faction warfare being a draw to get just get the critical mass of population in there, um, because faction warfare, for, for better or for worse, is more new player friendly than uh, I, I guess yeah, most yeah. places outside of uh, a no uh, an established null group. Yeah, I absolutely. I think that's true, right? And I think that that the pattern with faction warfare is what they should be doing with more of their low sec content. And that was the sort of take I was edging towards, is that it's don't put a level five mission in there. Don't put these these super difficult sites. That sort of stuff that has a place, right? That should be out in like NPC nullsec regions, right? If you want content that's not in SOV, right? What low sec should be is more varieties of things that bring someone from high sec out into the game, right? A, ver a version of a mission that you could do in high sec, but if you take it from the sketchy low sec agent, it pays you 10 times as much money and you can pay through your Omega that much more quickly. But in order to do it, well, you have to brave low sec, right? And that turns out to be tricky, right? You want something that brings really is a, a really good option for it possibly someone who doesn't at all know what they're doing in high sec should still be tempted to make the choice to go to low sec and do a thing, right? That should be happening day in and day out. And right now it's just not like that. Everyone knows they can't try that. You know, that that's my big take on what low sec should be. So if you want to have mining there, I, I think you can do it, but you don't do it this way by screwing up the, the game economy around that bottleneck. You just say, well, low sec is, probably just the high sec minerals, but it's that you mine five or seven times as fast in a low sec belt, right? That would be an interesting mechanic to me. So I guess that's my take. Ladies and gentlemen, you are watching continuing INN coverage of this fight in HTAC PA29 in v We are in the process right now of this fight is kind of winding down. At its peak, we had over 3,700 characters in the system. We are now at about 2,850. Uh, essentially, this fight was over nothing. It was over a boss structure. 
a, bra, a, a boss Fortizar that was on the armor timer. Pappy, uh, who control the regions surrounding Venal, don't like the fact that boss is here, and they did not want them dropping any structures. And they're trying to bully these guys around. It's a small alliance facing a, a, a coalition filled with some of the biggest alliances in the game, including Pandemic Horde, including Fraternity, including NC Dot, and including Pandemic Legion. And the result was... On the good guy's side, you had the Imperium show up to third party basically to fight the Pappy folks who had formed. Our goal was to kill as much as we possibly could, and so far we have managed to do that. We've killed more than 20 fraternity faxes. We've killed at least one super. Uh, we've been picking off ships as we can go. You guys have seen over and over again Onyxes and Claymores and Balgorns and little random stuff has come up and died uh, while we've been doing this. Uh, the, the, it looks like the fight now is winding down. Uh, the result here is, is, and I'm not even spinning when I say this, what looks to be a pretty clear-cut Imperium victory. Uh, both in terms of the Isk War and in terms of the objective, the Fortizar has repaired, which I was very surprised to see because it didn't seem like they needed to do a lot of damage to it. But I don't think in the end that this fight was anything more than Excuse the big me. guys, both on our side uh, as well as the folks that live here. We form Blob and the rest of the, of the Braver Trash Coalition, uh, as well as the Pappy folks. They all really, we just really wanted to fight. You just said, and, so you said the third, the honorable so, third parties won. Is that a ruling? Yeah, that's it. That's right. That's it. Okay, we won. Good. We pulled it off. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I, the Greater Trash Coalition guys can absolutely be proud. This was their this was their structure. This was uh, one of Boss Alliance's structures, so that the, the structure has survived. They won. They absolutely won. They won their objective, which is pretty critical, especially going up against all these big groups Funny that have how way that more works. numbers in them. And then. In terms of ours, in terms of the Imperium's goal, our goal here was to kill a bunch of stuff, and I think it's pretty clear we've done that too. So I'm kind of I'm I'm excited. I'm happy to see this. Uh, I think the Horde guys should be happy too. They got a fight. The Fraternity guys are the, probably the ones that are the least happy because they're the ones that took the brunt of the losses. But in the end, we had we finally had a good three thousand, almost four thousand person fight in Nullsec over a structure that doesn't matter, which I'll tell you, if you really look back over Eve's history, the number of these big fights that happen over stuff that absolutely doesn't really matter probably dwarfs the number of fights that happen over significant uh, things that people want to protect. Oh, absolutely. You know? It should be 10 times as many as this, right? That's, you know, like I was getting at, right? I, I took I took note as I was just, I was sitting in command, right, as we were traveling, right? and took note of just all of the effort and the machinery that goes into moving <clears throat> a few hundred people across the galaxy to fight in this game, right? And honestly, what would be ideal to me is if five times the number of people could play this game and you could get that kind of a fight just a few jumps from home, right? Rather than it being 30 jumps across the galaxy and if that were normal, right? Now, Eve has a long a long way to go to get That's there. That's why uh, some people really like the uh, 1DQT5Z era. Yeah, that well, was a great I time. Mean, that was a fun time. That was a really fun time. Right, and I, I think that was an interesting time, uh, but ultimately, like, not sustainable, right? You had that, and it was not going to last forever under the game's current mechanics. It was sort of an artifact of the years and years of buildup, right? Um, what, but what should be possible is to have this game be populated enough that this sort of thing is not the whole galaxy, but you can have this sort of conflagration between a few regions, right? That, that it sh should be what EVE is capable of, right? Um, obviously, I think the game is at a little lower population now than it has been uh, in the recent past, and even compared to historically, right? 
Um, but I think there's a lot bigger to go than even where the game has been in terms of, of what you could support here. Um, Eve, Eve has been pretty hard, uh, and that's good in a variety of ways. The sandbox is awesome, um, but I, I always am thinking about how is it possible for someone who has not been a, a gamer for 30 years like I have to engage with this, right, and to be part of something like this. Mind One, I'd like to thank everybody from Mind One Stream who are here watching this ongoing coverage of the fight in HTECP. As he probably told you before he came over here to raid us, uh, the fight's essentially over. At, the, at this point, it's subcaps versus subcaps. Most of the caps have, have jumped out. I think all of the caps have jumped out at this point. Uh, and we are just in the process of just having some fun shooting stuff uh, and watching it die. So... Uh, I think we're going to keep we're going to keep on here, but we're going to keep talking about stuff we want to talk about on the show. And I wanted to talk next uh, about what's been going on with the former Red Menace Coalition. We saw earlier this week that Red Alliance, led by Bad Dodger, one of the one of the storied Russian alliances uh, and uh, Imperium adjacent friends of ours who uh, fought on the right side during the Vietnam War, uh, has have decided that they are going to spin down their NullSec efforts and are moving to LowSec to become a faction warfare alliance like Tested. Uh, Bad Dodger announced that earlier this week. In fact, he was preempted in the announcement by some of the folks who don't like him posting that on Reddit before he had a chance to do that. And Oops. the result was we, we saw an announcement by the folks who remain members of that coalition, uh, they are calling them, so they have rebranded themselves, and I will pull up this press release because it comes from my, my dear friend, L.B. LeBlanc, that this is now, they are, they are changing the name. We are now the Red Menace Coalition Becomes the Cockroach Coalition. This was yesterday, December 2nd. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, RHP reloaded. Kiss my French alliances. They are announcing the formation of a new coalition formed out of the out of the ashes of Red Menace called the Cockroach Coalition, and they are going to stay where they are. They are not going anywhere. Uh, they uh, have been living in Stain. They're going to stay there, and they are planning on staying in Esoteria as well. So, what do you think, Kaz? What do you think about all this? What I'm is your take on? I'm definitely not quick loading up sobbed out space in another tab to understand what just happened here. I think it's interesting to see this is the second time in the span of about a month where we've seen a, a big alliance decide that it doesn't want to be in NullSec anymore and go out and fight. So in what, uh, in in faction warfare. That's weird. So this I think it's new, weird. The cockroach coalition, I got that right. That's the new name, I'm, the Cockroach Coalition. Okay, I'm picking up what they're putting down. Okay, and that's Esoteria and Paragon Soul, is that? Okay, okay, now I'm tracking what's happening here. Interesting. Yeah, I think the faction warfare thing is interesting. Not, I mean, honestly, not for the fact that they would decide. I mean, that didn't surprise me with Test. I don't know Dodger's situation all that well, to be honest, but with Test, it didn't surprise me. Like, tale as old as time, right? Nullsec Alliance having a bad time goes to Lowsec. But what is interesting to me is what will happen, right? Going to LOSEC is not like going to Outer Passage now. You can go to Faction Warfare and play EVE Online, right? There's a ton of people playing for fracking EVE Online out there. You can, if there is life in that alliance, right? There's a potential for them to have a ton of fun and do stuff and honestly make an 
a lot of money, right? People, I'm gonna wanna buy those loyalty points here in, well, not that very long. So I'm interested to see what happens to these alliances next and if that becomes something that gives them any sort of rejuvenation and if they're going concern in six months or a year, right? That's That'll be interesting. I'm interested to see it. So in addition, so what else we have this week? We had, I mean, that was good, RNC folding, and then we had uh, the Concourse Coalition coming up, and then we have, uh, obviously, we had uh, Shadow joining the Imperium, which is a, a big news. But other than that, I mean, when it comes down to it, the fact is... The map of New Eden has been relatively stable. We have a dead Thanatos. Great. Another another dead cap. Uh, wonderful. Um, I did not get on that kill, unfortunately. It makes me sad. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, you've been talking about how the fight is over, but the fleet I'm in is warping. Or was we're warping still, we're still, we're still, we're still calling targets. I'm still getting shot okay, at. We're still okay, shooting okay, people, okay, so okay, it's been yeah. interesting. Um, mm -hmm. I think in the end, like, you know, one of the things that, that, I'm interested to see is what happens in 2023. As I noted earlier on the stream, 2022 was kind of a rebuilding year. It was a year where everybody just kind of went to their own, retreated to their own corners, licked their wounds. And granted, I mean, the war ended in 2021 in August of 2021, but th that was such a large war that lasted so long that I feel like it, it took us about a year to get back to kind of where we're okay in 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 basically putting folks' wallets back where they where they were, getting SRP rebuilt up, paying off war bonds, doing all the stuff that we need to do to get these alliances ready to go to another war. I feel like that was 2022, and, and it also took a lot of time. The three of us on the CSM, the rest of the CSM, and players around New Eden complaining loudly about income generation and how hard it is to build ships and how there's no new content. Everything we finally got some good stuff, some good changes out of CCP. It took a while. It always takes a while. Nothing in this game is quick or easy. The easiest thing, the things we think are, are, are hard, they seem to do relatively quickly. The things we think should be easy take a year or two, whether it's the red dot or fixing the BRM or any of that stuff. Uh, but we, we got it done, and now I think we're at the point where this fight, to me, signals that the big guys are ready to go and start kicking up a fuss again. I mean, is that do you, would you guys agree with that contention, or do you think we still have a little bit more time before something big happens? Oh, who knows? I think I think I don't think putting a timer on it is ever going to be accurate. Honestly, I'll take the I'll take the devil's advocate here. I understand where you're coming from, right? And I think that this does show that there is an element of, of pent-up angst, right? The expansion came out less than a month ago, but the expansion's marquee was was out in Losec, right? And all of a sudden, and of course, there's some local politics to this, right? Of course, Horde backed off taking this fight just, I think, last week or the week before that, right? And there was a bunch of, there was a great hullabaloo about that, right? Uh, um, whether it's a harbinger of something larger, I think usually larger forces than that, structural forces, if you will, end up causing those things. So I don't, I don't necessarily believe that, but uh, it is, it's at least an indication that that people are willing to throw down several thousand people into a system of Eve Online in the year of our Lord 2002. This is the biggest fight of the year so far, right? Correct me if I'm I mean wrong. it's got to be the biggest fight of this year. Yeah. I can't imagine there was another fight that had I don't more think than almost four thousand people in it. Right, so I'm yep. you know maybe, but at the same time, 
there had been a, a, a few fights around 3,000 that also meant nothing. So I'm not willing to rule on it yet, I guess. <laughs> uh, we'll see, though. Did we lose our Vargas yet? Uh, I shouldn't say that. We've been, no, I, we've been shooting at this guy. Uh, we've been shooting at a couple of these guys, but it looks like we're, we're back on some caps now, which is good. So, oh. I mean, one of the things that I did want to talk about uh, in here today was the Pearl Abyss ratings call. I think we're going to go and do a real quick segment while we're, we'll, we'll keep oh. this up while we're watching this stuff. But I wanted to go through this stuff with you guys in particular, because I think this is interesting. So we're going to do a piercing the corporate veil and then go into uh, a discussion of CCP's third quarter revenue numbers. Hmm. Oh boy. Oh, a little abstract died. Bump hold again. Saw that too. All right, so you can see on the screen right now, this is Pearl Abyss's ratings call. They, we call it a ratings call. It's not really a ratings call. It's their revenue call. What they do is they come out and they tell everybody, all their stockholders, how they did. And we've been tracking this since Eve was bought by Pearl Abyss. CCP was bought by Pearl Abyss. They track this by IP. The light blue that you can see on the screen here is... EVE Online as an IP, and that includes not just EVE itself, Tranquility, but also the Serenity server in China, also EVE Echoes, anything else that has anything to do with EVE Online, uh, they, uh, they track here. And what you see on the screen, this is every single quarter since CCP was purchased by Pearl Abyss. And what you'll notice, if you look at Hold on, let me get on the. I got to get on this apostle kill. Give me a second. There we go. All right. If you notice this, nineteen point four. This is in. This is all in Korean won. Nineteen point four billion Korean won was made in the third quarter of twenty twenty two. This is significant for two reasons. One, this represents in raw raw won terms the third highest. Consecutive third highest ever, and I'll show you. Uh, yeah, doesn't third highest know. ever in terms of 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 their time of, of 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 making of making money in this game. It's crazy that we we ha we see this here, nineteen point four, right here. The other the other biggest one was third quarter of twenty twenty when Serenity relaunched, and fourth quarter of. 2020, which was right after Serenity relaunched and Echoes had launched, and everybody was excited. So this was the third live, third 19.4, third highest. Yeah, there's well, a catch quarter though. Of 2020 is the the peak of the war too, right? That is correct. Um, could, yeah, okay, yeah. Now there's a catch. In addition to everywhere else in the world, the Korean won has been dealing with pretty bad inflation. So while it appears on paper that CCP had their third best quarter ever, if you look at it in terms of the exchange rate from dollars, from yuan to dollars, it's right in the middle. It's the eighth largest. So I want to make everybody that saw that, and I think some people posted on Reddit about it, and we saw some folks out there talking about this. One of the things I think all of us expected was after the price increase, there was a significant amount of players who were upset, who decided that they didn't want to play this game anymore. They weren't going to pay $20 a month. 
They haven't had to really pay $20 a month because CCP's done a ridiculous number of sales since then, I think, to, to counter the fact that they made a mistake with increasing that price the way that they did. And the result was everybody thought that third quarter was going to be a really bad quarter for CCP. And it turns out it wasn't. Well, but not for the reasons you would expect. I think, first of all, one, I'm angry is going to say this, so I'm going to let him say it. They juiced the Plex market. Go ahead and talk about that. Right. So the reason why that's sort of concerning is that um, is that Plex in CCP's accounting is um, counted as deferred revenue until you actually turn that Plex into something, because until then, it's service not rendered. So the issue with Plex again is that uh, it uh, it it r around six hundred thousand dollars around six hundred thousand dollars of Plex was used during Plex again because everyone who bought Plex then understood Plex only has that value for that weekend, and if you don't use it, you lose it. And that six hundred thousand dollars is is money that would have been spent down the line if people use Plex because so many people stocked up on subs for so long that going forward i'm thinking their plex revenue the recognized plex revenue would drop because um because so many people have plex of their accounts for so long unless they do other things like uh extractor sales wonder why that's been going on a lot because extract when you turn a plex into an extractor that's also turning that plex into recognized revenue then knowing that the demand for subs is pretty fulfilled so they might now look into demand for uh, injectors and extractors, but going, but it is this sort of thing is sort of uh, um, borrowing money from next quarter to pay for to put on this quarter's thing. So we don't know how Q4 is going to end, uh, but uh, I guess we'll find out in January. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, I certainly. Think... Go, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I've been talking. I, I, I mean, they at least they've got to have been banking on Q4 for the expansion to some extent, right? That's, you know, there's some sort of obvious beats in the timeline that I think their business people have got to be aware of that's going to help them, right? So I'm not necessarily negative about Plex again. I thought it was interesting. It is, as you say, it's a bet, right? Um, I, I think, and, and but it has an impact, right? Like how underwater are skill injectors right, or skill farming right now in terms of paying for your account by selling the skill farming for it? is at least partially more underwater than it has been because demand, because of, of the interplay of some of these things, right, plus gets more expensive, now they're doing extractor sales or what have you, it all sort of flows together and that, it, you know, ultimately has an impact on how difficult it is for you to pay for your account with, with ISK, right? You know, essentially how, how much ISK does it take to say, I am one of the elite and one or more of my accounts is free to me, right? Um, it, it's all related. So, but I'm, I don't know. In terms of revenue, I honestly, <clears throat> things seem to be okay for them. What's more, even more interesting to me is the interplay with the, the Forex issue, right? Is that even if we are sitting here and of course are always happy to be a little cranky about CCP, <laughs> Pearl Abyss is so happy to have that cold hard cash in their pocket because I imagine that they are not just converting that to want, 
right? They're they're I assume that they're banking that in dollars and euros or what have you. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to say maybe they did recognize it as one. I don't know, but I imagine that there's some accounting tricks in there and, they, and that they're not necessarily making the exchange. They were going to wait for the favorable time. That has a real impact on a multinational company of that size. So yep. There's some executive over at Pearl Abyss who is happy that they bought a non-Korean company in that situation. That's just amazing. So, you know, believe for them. Glad it worked out, right? <laughs> Actually, um, while while you were talking about the skill farming thing, one of the things I found is um, one of the best bellwethers of how how profitable skill farming in is where the all the AFK campers go. And uh, I don't know if anyone's around, but CCTV eyes has been on for quite a bit. Like his presence is significantly reduced because all those uh, AFK cloakers fund their accounts by uh, skill farming. So mm -hmm. if that's mm -hmm. underwater, the cloakers go away as well. Right. Yeah. 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 It's there are these weird sort of sandbox ecosystem things, because it, and it's it's all connected, right? It's about how if you don't have to pay very much to keep an account on, then all of a sudden you can do a lot lower effort thing that maybe isn't as valuable right to have, to just have that account but you can do it just with the one account right and when that shuts off the the landscape or the astroscape or whatever changes so absolutely i am i'm anchored and i'm cap chaining but i don't know what else is happening in this fight and if you'll have oh. to excuse me i just i heard my doorbell i'll be right back you go right ahead oh, no we're oh, in the no, process of winding down anyway oh, i mean i'll be honest okay i can stay we we have been shooting stuff for a while apparently there are still i didn't realize that there were still some apostles on the grid i mean right now in it the imperium has killed more apostles than the romans did in this fight today they've been dying left and right more faxes have died it's been absolutely crazy uh and i think i'm excited we're, we're killing another apostle right now we're in the process of knocking it out it's going to be fun and i think at the end of the day this this battle report is just going to keep growing and that's great. This is what we want to see. This is these are the types of fights we want to see. We have not had a big fight like this in Eve in months, and that's a good thing. And I'm glad we're finally getting some of these fights back. So back on on the CCP revenue thing, I think we're all concerned about. We want to make sure the company sticks around. We were all very concerned that third quarter was going to be bad. I think they recognized that they thought third quarter was going to be bad. They did what they needed to do. They did a couple of gimmicks to make it happen. And the result was the number came in right about in the middle. It was about They made about $14.5 million, uh, which is about average for CCP. And I think they were banking on fourth quarter being big because of the expansion. And from all everything I can see, <laughs> that seems likely to be the case. I think they're going to post a pretty solid fourth quarter number. Yeah, uh, I mean, unless good. everyone just used Plexigeddon to pay for all of their accounts and it really all these people who are logging in, they've, we've already seen. It, it's not, a, maybe, and maybe that's what we'll see is that fourth quarter turns out to be good, but not like smashing or something like this. We'll just, we'll find out, right? Um, but I, I imagine that they are not totally displeased with the results of this year, right? Uh, given the cake that had previously been baked. Yeah. That is true. And uh, I think CC might have found like uh, a marketing strategy if it works, because this is the first time. Well, we'll get to that once we once we look at uh, fourth quarter activity stuff. But uh, yeah, well, that can wait. Once we see it, once we see it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is five o'clock. That is the end of the meta show. We, we had a very eclectic show for you guys this week. Uh, for those of you who don't understand why I'm wearing a suit, this is what I do on the meta show.
We are a classy joint, uh, but this is what this is my normal costume. We were joined today by, at the beginning of the stream, we had our friends from the Push to Talk, Dirk Statil, Eric Asmok, uh, Mifun Sword God, Dawn Rea, and a bunch of other folks that were with us for a little while. McLeod was here as well for the very beginning of the stream. We passed it off to our normal crew. We were supposed to have Asher Elias here to talk about politics today, but unfortunately, he's out leading a fleet, I guess I should say fortunately. We were joined by Kazanir and Angry Mustache, two of our favorite analyses people. Uh, we will probably have to have them back next week because the main reason I wanted Angry and Cass on this week was we had a new monthly economic report that has a lot of fun things in it we wanted to talk about. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk things? about it, so I may have to grab you guys next week. Yeah, it's Are you just ready? wild how many things happen in EVE Online these days, right? I know. This is crazy. All of a sudden, we still have things to talk about. But what I'm going to do, I'm going to throw the stream over to Mr. Unlucky, our dear friend Mr. Unlucky, who is currently streaming uh, The Fight. We're going to get out of here. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. This has been The Meta Show for December the 3rd, 2022. I'm Brisker Ball, joined alongside Kazanier and Angry Mustache. You stay classy, Nui. All right, we are out.